And welcome to the Hit Stick Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, the Lamar Jackson hater, Mike Seta, and I am joined by two great friends of mine, not the quarterback, Chris Sims. That's me. And the soulless canine, Rye Dog. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. How are you guys doing today? I'm, I'm doing, doing good. Right. Awesome, awesome. Well, Ryan, let's get it started with uh, some breaking news. Uh, well, before I get into breaking news, I do want to say a thank you to everyone who has reached out to us, everyone who listened last week, who uh, was a part of what we were trying to get done. We, uh, I think, over tripled our numbers of what we wanted to get on viewership and uh, feedback, and it's been it's been wonderful to have everyone reach out to us, everyone to listen. So thank you to everyone, and uh, I hope you keep following along. Uh, you can follow us at at Hitstick Fantasy on Twitter, at Hitstick Fantasy on Instagram. Uh, stay engaged with us. Stay following us. Uh, we want you guys to be involved, so thank you for everything that you've done. Absolutely, and feel free to send in any questions you have. We definitely enjoy helping you guys and uh, answering your questions live here on the podcast, or if they're time-sensitive, we'll answer them right over on the social media. And also, too, not only just questions, if you guys have any feedback on what we're doing, if you want to improve it in any way, remember, we are here for you guys, so feel free to send that feedback anywhere. Yeah, so please like, subscribe, uh, give us a rating on, was it iTunes or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get those numbers Uh Help us get up on those charts if we can. That'd be great. So uh, thank you again, and let's hit the headlines. Let's do it. First bit of news, Raheem Mostert got extended finally what he wanted, what everyone kind of wanted, because if Raheem Mostert ended up on another team, I don't know how uh, exciting that is. I think this is good for him. I mean, I'm sure Dynasty owners are happy about this. Very, very. Because, you know, I mean, I I don't want Raheem Mostert not in a Kyle Shannon system. So, I mean, it's good for him. Yeah, I don't know how big of a fan of him I am, like, as it is. I know he's fallen down on those boards. He's kind of, like, in that, like, tier five, tier six running backs. And if he would have ended up anywhere else, he would have become another, like, a special teams type of guy or committee type of guy. But I think San Francisco is where he really thrives and where he could be an upper, like, RB2 type of back. He does have the highest speed rating in Madden. That he does. Noting. And I also, in our one Dynasty group chat, we uh, were getting, we were told he's coming for us when he got that contract extension. <laughs> we were that we were wonder who that guy was let's go <laughs> i have gotten nothing but great news for my dynasty team so far this offseason you have had so i'm just week. i'm just waiting for the shoe to fall off like i'm waiting for something terrible to happen and hopefully i don't jinx it so well, hopefully you don't have to wait long either uh-huh. uh moving on jamal adams traded to seattle Finally, I was tired of hearing about that week in and week out about where he wants to go, how upset he is with Adam Gase. Uh, what do you guys think about that move to Seattle? I mean, how can you not be upset if your head coach is Adam Gase? <laughs> yeah. I think it was good, though. I mean, I think both teams got what they needed out of it. In Seattle, they're in a win-now window. They got somebody that's going to make that defense an elite contention-level player. And then New York got two first-round picks, so they have extra picks there to help build their team when they finally you know, figure out what's going on and fire Adam Gase. Yeah, I definitely think it was a win all around. You know, Seattle got that much-needed uh, secondary help that they have been missing out on, and New York finally gets their picks, and they can mess those up now. Yeah, not too much to go on in there. Anything from you, Seta? Were you good? Uh, moving on, Alex Smith cleared by his personal doctor to return to football activities. That is something I was not expecting to hear at all. Talk about a comeback story. From a dude who almost lost his leg to infection to being cleared to play professional football. I It's amazing. Uh, I don't know how much fantasy relevance it holds, like whether he will be on the field, but an Alex Smith in the locker room is definitely a big plus to have. What do you think, Chris? So first things first, if you're in a dynasty league, 
he can be put on your IR list. So I absolutely think, and first of all, I'm very happy about the comeback. Like, just, I'm just happy for the man. But if you can get him in your dynasty league, toss him on your IR spot, why not? Just let him sit there until you need that spot. And if he does come back, I think it's good for all the receiving options there. I do think he's better than Dwayne Haskins, even going through everything that he's gone through. And worst case scenario, I just like him in the building for Dwayne Haskins because he's he's not like Brett Favre. He's not like Aaron Rodgers. He's not like Joe Flacco. He's actually going to put in the time to help, you know, this young quarterback kind of come into his own a little bit. So yeah. That's my only really thoughts on yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Playing-wise, I don't know if I'd ever want to start him on my team. You know, he did have that year where he didn't hit a single wide receiver for a touchdown, but he's still he he's also had a that game year manager. when he was like the number three overall with Kansas City. He's super safe. You know, but that floor and ceiling is just so low that it's not worth anything. But definitely having him back in the building could be a huge help for the Washington football team. The Washington football team. The Washington football team. Um, Moving on. Coronavirus! Coronavirus! That is right. Coronavirus (laughs) taking over the news these next few weeks for pretty much the entire season is what it will be. We've got uh, some rookies added to the COVID list. Justin Jefferson and Keyshawn Vaughn now. Veteran players making that list, I don't think it's too much of a worry. You know, they know the systems they're in. They know the playbooks. They know how to play in the professional level. But you get rookies missing out on that valuable time. That could very well hurt, like, their regular season production, don't you think? Well, especially with no preseason. I mean, so for Justin Jefferson, I'm not as worried. I'm worried for Justin Jefferson. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's something that concerns me. But I I still think he's going to have a role there. I think it might be a slower start for him. But this is really bad for Keyshawn Vaughn. This yeah. is a player, you Bruce Arians already doesn't like to utilize rookie running backs that much, and now he's missing training camp time. I, I'm very concerned if I'm a Keyshawn Vaughn dynasty owner for the year one value. I mean, I think long term he might hold, and I think Ronald Jones is going to skyrocket up a little bit. Yeah, I definitely think so too. He uh, missing out on those early practices for a guy like uh, Arians is not ideal and no preseason especially a whole new offense with Brady taking over and the weapons they already have there I think Ronald Jones was already good enough as it was to go this year in regular season uh redraft but now I definitely don't think Keyshawn Vaughn's worth that redraft type of stock he's got going no, right I, at the I want moment. nothing to do with him in redraft now uh anything from you Seth? yeah I just really like to see that uh you know the stud preseason stud Dare Ogunbowale or however you <laughs> pronounce his name you just been, wanted to say that yeah I don't know how to pronounce it but he's been working out with Brady since he's gotten to Tampa he's been ma- making sure he knows what he likes and he was a great pass bo- pass blocker last year so who knows might have some uh you know bounce out years bounce back their years this year yeah I think hashtag onset is dynasty team hashtag that's the only reason he mentioned him uh, and moving on to our last point, we've got the opt-outs of the... Uh, coronavirus! Coronavirus! <laughs> that's definitely going to be a new favorite. Uh, Marquise Goodwin opts out. That's the first uh, offensive like skill position player I think I saw to kind of do that. And I don't know how much that really means for that like hollow Philadelphia wide receiver core, but uh, what do you guys think about that? You know, I actually think it does mean something for that hollow Philadelphia Eagle wide receiver core. Anybody on that team that's not taking targets away anymore is a plus. Like, I think this is a plus for Deshaun Jackson. I think this is a plus for Jalen Rieger. And then the big thing that I think it's a really big plus for, this now gives me a little bit more confidence to use that fourth or fifth round draft draft capital on Zach Ertz. Or 
it may be a little bit later and shoot for Dallas Goddard. I think it gives all these guys a slight bump up just because there's one less person there that's going to be eating some of those targets. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Zach Ertz is going to uh, eat more than uh, people were thinking this year. He's still one of the top tight ends in the league. and He's, well, he's really, very doubted. Everyone's like really I know. off him right now. I think now. because the rise of Goddard and the age that's kind of catching up to him, but Zach Ertz is really on that like second tier of tight end that's still startable every week, and you're not like going on hit or miss type of like week. He's not going to be a boomer bust. He's going to have a safe floor. He's going to have a safe ceiling. You're especially gonna... with these, and especially with Alshon Jeffrey starting on the pup, uh, it just it gives me confidence to use mid range high draft capital on Zach Ertz, and it gives me confidence to take Dallas Goddard as a late round flyer. Yeah, I definitely agree. Is that are you good? And then last, uh, Damian Williams opting out of Kansas City. That was the big one. That was the shocker. That was the let's go. That was the shake up the ADP of all fantasy drafts moving forward. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Right before our dynasty draft. Right before our dynasty draft. Now, we're drafting on, uh, was it Sunday? Yeah, Sunday we have a startup dynasty draft. And then I think Tuesday is the last day that players can opt out voluntarily. Monday. Monday, Monday is the last day. So we really picked good timing. But Oh, it's terrible timing. Everyone's going to be so mad <laughs> on <laughs> because, Monday. I mean, th- we're still a couple days out, but I mean, more and more every day you're opting out. And that was the first skill position, like top, like rosterable guy dropped are there going to be any more what does this mean for kansas city's offense how do you what do you think about this i can't wait until monday what do you mean stefan Diggs dropped out <laughs> i'm just so excited that clyde doesn't have to wait you know one to two weeks to take over everyone was talking about it's going to take him some time to take over throughout the season but it's gonna be full go he's gonna be the workhorse and i'm so excited to have him yeah lucky you lucky you My team is uh, stacked yeah, with that, we've got to take a wait-and-see approach on the rest of how these guys are going to shake out. Uh, we'll definitely have more reporting to do on this next week. I'm 100% sure on that. And we will all take out our frustrations on who's on our rosters, who's not going to play this year on our rosters because they took, decide to sit out. And um, that's about it for headlines this week. And now let's move on to our favorite topic, hit or miss, something we did last week, something we're going to do these next coming weeks, I think, where we each bring to you one player we think is a hit, and one player we think is a miss. Chris, obviously, we're going to start with you because of who your hit is, so go ahead and give us your hit. Okay, so my hit is, wait for it. Waiting for it. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Oh, how could you? Let's go! Uh, So, and there's the reason I made this guy my hit, and it's because I want everybody listening to this podcast to have confidence to take this guy in the first round of their drafts, especially if they have a later first round pick, because he's absolutely worth it now, in my opinion, especially, you know, I really wasn't that worried about Damien Williams in the beginning as it was, but he was still there. He was still going to get himself a little bit of a role. Now he's gone. I don't care if they bring in Devonta Freeman. I don't care if they bring in LaShawn McCoy. I don't care if they bring in Terrell Owens. I don't care. They're going to bring back Jamal Charles. Maybe, but here's what Three I stones. know. So, and for everybody... I just think Clyde Edwards-Lair has, he's a talented running back with three-down capability. He has the go-ahead from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Both, literally, Andy Reid called Mahomes before the draft and said, is there anybody you got, that you personally think we should target? And Mahomes' answer was, I really like that Clyde Edwards-Lair guy. Andy Reid started laughing, and Mahomes was like, why are you laughing? And Reid was like, because that's who I want too. <laughs> A lot of people don't know this because it was spread out. So it was spread out between so many running backs last year because they're just, they dealt with injury and Andy Reid really didn't have a guy. But so 
they always say a top, like a, a really top five running back needs to have pass catching appeal, which Edwards can do that. And what, and Mahomes utilizes that in his arsenal of attack. Like, so Damian Williams last year had 30 receptions for 213 yards. LaShawn McCoy had 28 receptions for 181 yards. Daryl Williams had 15 for 167. All together at the running back position, it totaled 82 receptions and 570 yards. And I have no reason to not believe that 75% of that target share is going to go to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on top of the fact that this dude is capable of running through the tackles. He's a good running back as it is. And then I think that it could even be a little bit more because if you look at into the opt-out news, their starting guard just opted out. What is that going to equal? That's going to equal more dump-off passes from Mahomes to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Agreed, agreed. It's just a dominant system. Andy Reid, with his running backs, it's usually a hit. And I, I, I'm absolutely 100% confident if I'm drafting with like the 7th through the 12th pick in a 12-man league, especially if it's a PPR format, I'm taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round. Now, that's what I was going to ask you is, where do you think he will go and where do you think he should go? Like, if he is falling up to that, like, first-round territory, that top 10, I mean, you were just saying seventh, like, is he worth that as a rookie? I'm a little more bullish on him than most people are. I'd actually consider taking him over Alvin Kamara. Now, granted, I know a lot of people Bold. don't agree with that. Whoa. I don't know anyone. Whoa, who I guess I might that. get in this podcast now. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, you're finally coming in here. Yeah, you opted out of the uh, headlines here. So, yeah, I mean, for me, I love Clyde, but for me, I just can't spend that first round on him. Um, I would take him early in the second, I would take him mid in the second, but. Like Ryan was just saying, him being a rookie, like he very easily could fall off the face of the earth before the season starts. So it's just very tough to put that first round capital into him when you could get an elite number one receiver for a pass happy offense that late in the first round. And I'm not moving up towards the top six and taking someone that questionable for sure. Especially on a team, they have so many mouths to feed over there. They've got Travis Kelsey, they've got Tyree Kill, they've got Nicole Hardman, they've got Sammy Watkins, they've got. Other running backs who are capable, not like Clyde Edwards. Not like I mean, it's unproven. It's you know he played on the best college offense ever, the most efficient ever. So I don't know how much of that was him. He wasn't the focal point there. Now, is it worth? Does it transition the way that you're like you're hoping to if you're taking him in the top ten? Well, and here's another solid point on it. You can't stack the box against Pat Mahomes. Stack the box against Mahomes and see what happens. You're going to see Tyreek Hill in the end zone with a touchdown. Yeah. So he's going to be running against softer defenses in that aspect, and I think he's got a lot of talent as a player. And when you're when Andy Reid likes, I mean, we've this is we've seen a lot of Andy Reid running backs have a lot of success in the NFL. And I mean, the last few years he hasn't really had one. That's why we haven't really seen it. But that position just holds so much value. I agree that taking him over Alvin Kamara is very bold. It's not something I'd recommend. I'm just talking me personally. I, he's a hit for me for a reason. I'm very high on him. But, like, I would take I would say, like, CMC, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, and then if Cook's on the field, I'd say Cook. But, like, right then and there, there's not a question in my mind that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is right after that. Like, there's no doubting that. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like him. I'll agree with you. I think he's definitely going to be a hit. Um, I just, he's just nervous. He just makes me nervous being a rookie. You know, it's just very tough to transfer to, you know, the NFL where in college, a lot of people like to use their speed and in the NFL, the D tackles just as fast as the corner. Like everyone is a top athlete. Everyone is very, very fast. You have to have something else. Uh, I'm not saying he doesn't have that, but 
wasting that that first, I don't know if I would say waste, but first round draft capital, I'm definitely going for more of a sure thing there. But I definitely agree it's a hit. Were you worried about taking Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott though when they were rookies? No, but they were taken in top. They did like, have higher draft yeah, capital. Like, I agree with Zeke that. Zeke was the fourth overall pick. McCaffrey was the eighth. Fournette McCaffrey, was the fourth. McCaffrey's rookie year, he was like in the he fourth round. Yeah, I mean like fantasy draft, but I mean like real yeah, life yeah, draft yeah. wise. You know, Edward Solaire was the last pick of the first round. Like he was a borderline, border, ah, borderline second round pick. Yeah, and also too, Saquon went in and everyone knew he was the guy. And with Clyde, like w- before this happened, it was it's going to be a timeshare. It's going to be a timeshare. Yeah. So. It's just, that's what makes me nervous. If he was the Saquon Barkley's, he would have been, oh, yeah, he's taking over. For, yep, 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 for sure. He's going first round, you know. One thing to note, though, is, like, any running back taken in, like, the top two or three rounds, especially if the past five years have been crazy efficient and have been the lead workhorse guys on their team. So any guy taken there is valuable. I just worry about, like, a top ten or a first round pick fantasy-wise and a redraft on him if you don't really know what he's capable of yet. That's fair. So, Ryan, hit or miss. I'm going to say miss, if, especially if you're talking about him like 7 through 10. I don't think I'm comfortable taking him there yet, especially if that's where his ADP is going to rise up to. I'm going to say miss on that. Seta? I'm going to just, as a player, I'm going to go hit because I just, I have a lot of faith in him. Um, I just, he worries me with that first round capital. That's fair. All right. Uh, moving forward. Seta, give me your hit. All right. And uh, I'll get started with uh, my first hit is uh, kind of getting us warmed up for QB week. And uh, that is Mr. Russell Wilson. And uh, I know we're going to talk about him a lot, you know, going into our next segment, talking about our different rankings for QBs. So I'm going to leave a lot of my uh, input there. Um, but I, just to leave it at this, I just think he's an elite passer and one of the elite passers in the game that has a lot of running upside too. The Russ bus. Yeah, I got – so I, I don't – I absolutely think that's a hit. I don't even need to get into it because when you factor in his six-round ADP and just – Take into account, so, I mean, I because this is quarterback week, we've been doing a lot of quarterback research. Yeah. In his eight-year career, he has never once finished outside of the top 12. So he's been a quarterback one all eight of his entire, like, every year he's been a fantasy quarterback. And then if you go even further into that, four out of those eight, he's been in the top four. So half the time, he's a top five guy. I mean, and to get him in the sixth round, I mean, that's a little early for people that don't like to draft quarterbacks. That's my only, like, eh, but... I absolutely, if you get him, you know, you know what you're getting out of him. Yeah, I definitely think you're probably getting the safest quarterback on the board. You're getting somebody who's going to put up a top five number. You're getting a guy who's going to be crazy efficient, a guy who does have that running floor, and a guy who plays on a team that's, you know, they're going to compete this year. They're trying to compete this year. They're not on like a low build. They are on a, we got shit to get done. Let's get this done. Russell Wilson is a stud, and I love that pick. All right, so Chris. Oh, I already said hit. Hit, Ryan? I'm going to say hit for sure. Let's go. Yeah, I love Russell Wilson this year, and I'm really jealous that you were able to trade for him in our league, but that's a topic for a different day. Um, I'm going to go into my hit, and it's somebody that I'm very personally in love with, somebody who I want on all of my teams, somebody who I have on some of my teams, somebody who I will continue to draft every year, and that is Robert Woods, wide receiver for the LA Rams. He is a guy who last year and pretty much every year is going to see a hell of a ton of targets. Last year he had... 15 games, 140 targets, 90 catches, 1,100 yards, but only two touchdowns. Yeah, kind of a wah, touchdown. Wah, wah, wah. positive touchdown regression is coming. A guy who was on the field 90% of the time. He was on the field just as much as any wide receiver in the league, like any of the top guys. He's out there. 
he didn't suffer at all when they went into that 12 personnel set. He actually improved. He thrived in that. He was killing it. He was a wide receiver one those last few weeks. He was the top guy there in L.A., and I think he's going to continue to be like that for him. He's going as the wide receiver 26 right now in half-point drafts. That's what I was just about to play. He's got an ADP of 408. Yeah, like that is ridiculous for a guy who is consistent, hyper-consistent, and two touchdowns is scary, but you for a guy who's going to consistently every year get five or six, it's someone I'm going to take, and he's going around guys like Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, and T.Y. Hill, and I would rather have Robert Woods over all of them. I see him this year being a back-end wide receiver one or a high wide receiver two. And if I can get him in that late fourth round where he's going right now over those guys, I am loving that. Yeah, definitely. I definitely like the take on him being a hit. Um, one of the things I definitely like about Robert Woods is he's one of the few receivers who offers that like running upside. Yeah. He gets a lot of carries that like a lot of other receivers don't. You know, there's the Debo Samuels of the world and whatnot, but he's one of the few. Um, but that being said, I'm going to go with a miss. And <laughs> this is why. Here's why I like him. You're wrong, though. <laughs> I, I See, I like him. I think he has a solid floor with everything Ryan said. He's on the field like 100% of the time. He has the ability to run the ball a little bit for him. But I just really, really, really love Cooper Cup. And last year, he was coming back from his ACL injury. And when they went to the 12 set, he struggled a little bit playing outside. He is a nasty slot receiver. Every touchdown attempt that Woods didn't get went to Cup. And him coming back a year off of that recovery, he was elite playing with Jared Goff. And I just, I really, really like Jared, or I really like Cooper Cup over Robert Woods. So that's why I'm going to go with a miss. You can go with Cup over Woods. I, I'm not going to like argue on that. You know, They're Cup, both going in exactly. the Exactly. But LA, though, that Rams team is one of the few teams that can field two of like the upper tier wide receivers in the league. And Robert Woods, the, with the way he's going, I cannot see taking like a Keenan Allen or a Stephon Diggs over him right now. Yeah, I've, I've just seen a lot of drafts where him and Cooper Cup are going in a similar spot. And if I'm going to go me personally and how I'm going to draft, I'm going Cooper every day, all day, no questions asked. Robert Woods, see you later, another team. Well, this actually really gets into what I wanted to talk about too because, like, I agree with you. I like both. I'm going to say it's a hit. If you can get this guy with the kind of production that you can get from him in the fourth round. And this caters into last week a little bit when I was talking about draft tips. This falls right into the portion control your risk section of my tips where it's like, I love that both of these guys are going in the fourth round because it's literally opposite of the spectrum. And so for me, which one I'm going to prefer more is going to be solely based on how the top three picks of my draft have gone. Yeah, Like for example, I think Robert Woods is a little bit more safer. I think that he's going to offer His you... His floor is just yes. so high. And Cooper Cup is a Cooper Cup owner last year in a lot of leagues. I can tell you, he won me a lot of weeks, but he was very Amari Cooper-ish, very Tyreek yeah. Hill-ish, where it was... Disappear sometimes. Up and down, because it's just so... If the first three picks on my draft board, or if I have one pick out of two, is kind of a, you know, a safe play or a risk, that's going to factor into how I pick those two receivers. If I already have more like safety, more floor plays, I'm going to go Cooper Cup because that gives me the upside. If I already have some risk, if I took Tyreek Hill or Amari Cooper with one of my top three picks, I'm going to look more to get Robert Woods to give me some more of that floor play for on weeks that those guys don't pan out the way they should be. For sure. For me, I just, I like Robert Woods. Don't get me wrong. I just think he's a miss because of the fact that, like you just said, Chris, Cooper Cup can literally win you weeks and rounds after that, five, six, seven, there are plenty 
of receiving options that have an also a solid floor. So for me, I love having those guys that can go out there and put up 35, 40 points for you sometimes. I don't think Robert Woods has that ability, so that's why I like taking I think you're people wrong. over yeah. there. I don't think he needs to have that ability. Robert right. Woods is going to get you fifteen point, 10 I, to 15 points week in, week out. That's what you need to win games. He can also put up the big yeah. numbers sometimes. It doesn't It doesn't happen as much as it happens with Cup. No. I'll give you that. Like Cup has definitely got more upside. But like I've had Robert Woods in weeks before where he's put up 38 yeah. points. And you can't scoff at 140 targets in a year. In 15 games, 140 targets, 90 catches. Like that's I definitely think he gets more than two exactly. touchdowns. Exactly. Def- that's, that's the only thing that was holding him back from being a wide receiver one last year. And while Coop was, I think, the wide receiver four or five, I don't think... It was very first half of the year. Yeah. He went. No- he was like the wide exactly. receiver one for like the first... I, I don't... Granted... Don't fact check me on that because I'm not. But I had him, and I like no. I was like, oh my god, because he I took did, him in the fifth. This is a great pick. He disappeared when they moved to that twelve personnel type Which of I offense. I think they're going to they, keep that going, and I think they will too. That's all the talk this offseason, and Woods thrived in that. So I think getting him like where you're getting him, I think that's a steal. You say miss at a you say hit, Chris. So I'm a hit. All right, and we're going to move on to our misses now. Uh, do you want me to start this one, boys? If you want to. All right. So, because this is someone I know that you're going to be a little contentious with, Chris. And uh, my miss is AJ Brown. Anyone surprised by that? Yeah. I think you're wrong. Uh, I don't think I'm wrong at all. A guy who, as a rookie, only 84 targets and 52 catches put up a whopping 20.2 yards per reception. That is bonkers. That is something that is not really repeatable. The eight touchdowns helped him a bunch. He finished very near the top. And, like, I'm not going to argue the talent, I'm just going to argue the. The production for opportunity, I know we say that a lot, but that's not sustainable. Like, there's going to be regression. And with where he's going, I don't think it's worth it. He's going as the 14th wide receiver in half-point PPRs right now. I don't really see him repeating what he did last year without Tannehill putting up monster numbers, which he doesn't normally do. You can go first on this one. Yeah, I'm, I just... I'm going to come at him. I, I pretty much agree. I, I just think that that offense is Derrick Henry's offense. Yeah. That entire team is Derrick Henry's team. And when you have a guy who's that elite at running the football, he is going to get his touches. And it's just, I like receivers that are going to get, you know, not just consistent opportunity, but a lot of it. So for me, I just, I I agree totally with Ryan boomer bust, you know, even I think it's also too, like even in the game against Cleveland, he had like two catches, 130 yards and two touchdowns. And he fell up like no one even saw him the rest of the game. So I just, I've seen it and I just, I agree with you. I think he's a miss. Yeah, he's a, he's a guy who had one double-digit target game the entire season. A couple games with seven or eight targets, and everything else was five or under. It's not like anything that's like you're going to guarantee on. He just happened to do it all on long bombs and touchdowns. Okay, uh, and I, I think you've made some very solid points. I'll definitely give you that. So here's why I think that this take is a miss. I, I, like AJ, I love A.J. Brown, especially in the fourth round. Can any of you name me another receiver on this team that isn't named Corey Davis? Uh, not Tajay Sharp anymore because he's in Minnesota. Jonu Smith. I said receiver, not tight end. Jonu Smith he's is a, a receiver. beast. He's a physical <laughs> specimen. <laughs> but I really, honestly, like right now off the top of my head, I cannot. That's my point. And we've seen in a lot of situations before that when – even on run-heavy teams, because I agree with you. I mean, I call the Titans the Tennessee Derrick Henrys because the entire team is run through Derrick Henry. But we've seen in a lot of situations before that even on a run-heavy team, it can sustain one solid wide receiver. And this is a guy that had, first of all, historically speaking, 
rookies usually take at the wide receiver position usually take a longer time to come into their own throughout the year. It's always usually for on average, there's always going to be outliers halfway through the year that they have their breakout. And that's what we saw from them. And this dude is a tank. This is the Derrick Henry of wide receivers. Ooh. <laughs> He's huge. Have you seen him? Yeah, I'm I'm not arguing the stature. I'm not like, arguing the talent. Have you seen that meme or whatever that has like Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, and Jonu Smith all like together, like flexing with no shirt on, and it says tackling the Tennessee Titans looks like it's something that's fun to do. <laughs> yeah. I, and to get him like and my favorite thing about him, if he was going in the top two rounds or the top three rounds even, I would agree with you. But you're getting this guy in the fourth round and the upside that he brings, I mean, I don't see a reason why he can't have eight to twelve touchdowns. Who can guard him? Um So that was my that was gonna be my question for you, Chris, is like all of your points are great. You know, he's gonna have a lot of those targets because he is the one receiver. But what makes you think that defense is aren't going to think that way too. If they have no other passing options, how easy would it be to double him every time? Is he good enough to sustain a great season while getting doubled, even triple teamed? I think he is. I think he's an athletic freak. I mean, the dude is a tank. You And the other thing is, the Titans are creative with using him. Like what you were talking about with Robert Woods, they do that with A.J. Brown. They give him handoffs, and he's very tough to tackle, and he's also quick. That's why I said he's like the Derrick Henry of wide receivers because – you can't tackle this guy, and he can just go up and get the ball over you. I think he – I'm trying to think of who, what other receivers. I think he's the best receiver out of that draft class. I really do. I think he's better than Marquise Hollywood-Brown. I think he's better than DK Metcalf. I think that – I mean, when it comes to just pure talent, I think Hollywood gives him a run for his money. I think DK gives him a run for his money. Talent-wise, I like DK, but I, I like I think AJ they're very Moore. similar players. I think they're very uh, – Touchdown dependent, long bomb dependent, very one dimensional with routes. I just love the upside of him and the fact that you can get him in the fourth round and stack him with to as your wide receiver two. And I mean, he has potential to be a wide receiver one because he is the first target on his team. Would you take him over DJ Moore? That one's tough. Cortland Sutton, Calvin Ridley, Juju. I would, I would take him over oh, Cortland Sutton. No chance would those I are take guys him he's over going Calvin Ridley right now. Those I are would guys t- he's going before. I would take him over Cortland Sutton. I like his quarterback. I think I would agree on that too. I would not take him over DJ Moore. I don't think I'd take him over Juju. It's tough though. I'm actually kind of lowering on Juju a little bit. Really? A little bit. That's we can, kind of a we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But uh Calvin Ridley, you would take him over Calvin Ridley, you think? Yes. Wow. Is Calvin Ridley going in the fourth round? They are, I'm looking at ADP right now in Fantasy Pros, and he is the wide receiver 17 as A.J. Brown is the wide receiver 14. I would. I'd take him over Ridley. I just I think that, I mean, Julio Jones is still there. Wow. Yeah, that's true, but I I do think Calvin, now, now before I get into that, though, I do think Calvin Ridley is a better wide receiver than A.J. Brown. Calvin Ridley is a next gen or, or a next, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. top guy, top talent. Yes. You know, as long as he gets the opportunity. Once Julio's gone, Calvin Ridley's going to be a top five receiver. I just worry about Tannehill. Like, I know Tannehill is very efficient as a quarterback. He's a 70% completion last year. He put up, you know, he gave A.J. Brown the opportunity. I just, I don't see it sustaining to where he's going as high as he should be. So, uh, do you think that's a hit or miss, Seta? I'm definitely going to go miss on A.J. Brown. Well, you mean his take is a hit, though. That's what you're saying, right? You, you think, agree you with think I'm, you agree Yeah, with yeah I agree with it. Okay, yeah. so he, t- he thinks my take's a hit. He thinks A.J. Brown's a miss. What do you think? I think A.J. Brown's a hit, and I think your take is a miss. Well, that's a little confusing, honestly. Yeah, a little <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. We'll just go uh, hit or we miss. We got to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just say, if you think my guy's a miss when I say miss, say miss. We'll just keep it simple. He's uh, a hit. Who wants to go next? Um, miss. I'll get going. All right, so for this week, uh, my miss, 
Um, <laughs> it's a little it's a little different. It's uh, the running back for the new Las Vegas Raiders, Josh Jacobs. And honestly, the main thing that I think he's going to be a miss on is nothing that has to do with him, really. It's mostly about his team and what they've done through this offseason and what his coaches like to do. Um, for me, any running back that is going to go in the first round or even early, early second, where I believe that's where I've seen him go a lot, uh, you he's need to have... He's 111 right now. Yeah, so he's going to go at that back end of the first. And I just feel like, for me personally, I need to have some kind of receiving upside to draft a running back in the first round. Now, I definitely think he's going to be a good runner this year, um, but... With the re-signing of their backup, Jalen Richard, for the second highest backup running back in the entire NFL, as well as putting a lot of draft capital in another rookie receiver slash running back, Lynn Bowden, John Gruden has said they want to pass the ball to the running backs, and he got no targets. None. 27 last year. That that's terrible. That targets. is so 27 bad. 27 targets, 20 catches. Yeah, so I just think that he's going to – I think he'll finish probably right around like that third fourth round running back kind of guy but um i just don't think he's going to play up to that first round draft capital so that's where i'm going to go and he'll he's going to be my miss yeah i'm going to agree with you on that actually because like you said the receiving is just not there with him if you're in any kind of, if you're in a standard league he deserves to be drafted in the 10 he's a guy who is going to be that workhorse running back but if you're in any type of ppr format i don't see him getting any big uptick in those receptions and opportunities and if he's not feasting like that, he's not helping your team in certain spots. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting just for our listeners that in vast majority of what we talk about, we are referring to half PPR. Half PPR, yeah. Just because, I mean, it's if you do standard, I mean, it's however you prefer to do your leagues, it's how you prefer to do your leagues. We did a poll for our personal listeners, and it's it was PPR and half PPR destroyed standard. So, um this one's tough for me. I, I like Josh Jacobs a lot as a player. I do think he can return that back-end RB1 value. I think we could see him being the RB, I want to say somewhere between 9 and 12. That's where I could definitely see because he's got the talent. This is like a young Chris Carson in the making where he like runs through walls. He's also he's strong. He's got a good mindset. I mean, he played, he played very well with a very messed up shoulder last year. So I, I like... What I see from him, I agree. I don't I don't have any reason to think they're going to get him involved in the passing game outside of the fact that they should, which we've seen in multiple situations. Coaches don't always do what they should. Like, I mean, a prime example of that was, uh, what was it, Nagy last year talking about <laughs> David Montgomery. We should... I wish that we could give him more carries. Well, guess what, dumbass? You're the coach. Yeah, you can do you that. You make those decisions. <laughs> like, so, I don't know. I'm going to say that this is a hit, though. I do think he can be, and when I say this is a hit, I mean I think that he's a hit. I think that I would be more comfortable in a redraft getting him in the second round. If he's my RB2, I'm thrilled. If I can pair him, or if he, I pair him with a top five receiver, I'm completely fine with that. If I'm leaning on him as my RB1, and like, I don't, I, I'm okay with him where he's at. I think I would take him. Yeah, I'm, if I had to. There's a lot of guys I like before him, though. Like, I'm definitely taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, as we know, before him. I I think I'd even think about taking Miles Sanders before him. Well, as I'm looking right now, uh, half-point ADP is going as about the running or the running back nine, the 14th overall pick. 
Uh, going ahead of guys like Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders. I think I would, I would not have, take him over Kenyon Drake. Absolutely not. No, I would take Kenyon Drake. I, I would take all three of those guys I just named over him. I would probably put him before Eckler and Leonard Fournette and those guys, but I think he is on that back end for me of like top running backs. He's not someone I'd be excited about, but also someone I'd still kind of be excited about at the same time, if that makes I'd sense. I'd rather have Eckler over him. I think I'm going to have to change my answer on this. Ooh. Yeah, for me, I just, I just, I, it could be a little bit more of a bullish take making him a miss, you know, being that first early second round pick. But I just, like I said, I just don't think that he is going to play up to that ability. I think the Raiders defense isn't that great. They're going to have to pass a lot if they're going to want to win. And that's, equals Josh Jacobs off the field. Although I don't have any evidence that supports that they want to win. It seems like their entire mentality is to get as many draft picks as they can. <laughs> well, there, hey, they, they finally started drafting players now. Though. I wouldn't be surprised they trade him away for a third-round pick this year <laughs> just to get the capital. <laughs> what? A third-round pick, you say? A third-round pick. <laughs> That's going to be O'Brien hitting him up. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you got a running back you want to get rid of. But I'm a, Do you I'm want Deshaun Watson? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to agree with you, though, Said I think he's definitely a miss for where he's going at ADP-wise. I definitely think there's a few guys I'd like over him, especially in any type of PPR format. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Uh, Tough one. It is. I'm going to go, he's a miss where he's going. At, at 111, I don't like him in the first round. I don't. All and right, that's what I'm seeing is him in the first round. If I got it, like I said, if I can get him as my second running back, I, I do like the talent. I do think he I genuinely believe he has every bit of chance to be a back-end RB1. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I think that's our first like consensus agreement on whether someone's a hit or miss. So I think we all agreed on one. Yeah, it's because it was my take, so it was a good one. <laughs> all right, guy. Chris, end us off. Give us your miss. Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait either. Because this is coming right off of Ryan's team. You know, when I'm going to look at my misses, I just go to your roster in our dynasty league every week. And I just go, Hmm, who should I talk about this week? Who can I roast Ryan for now? So, but this one actually does bring me pain to talk about. Cause I do genuinely like this guy. You are his biggest fan like, I, out of all the people I know. I You're know. the reason I even know who this guy is. Like I, this is a guy that last year I was probably the highest person I know on him. I was, tar- I targeted him in almost all of my drafts and he did. Who great- is it? things for me last year i mean this dude got me to championship games but the one thing i always preach about fantasy football is you have to take the information that's given to you and you have to utilize it to your advantage and you have to be adaptable and that's why i'm making this year's the adp 309 double c chris carson as one of my misses and it hurts because i love chris carson but i just i have so many reasons why i just I don't. I think a lot of people are taking him in the third round, and they're looking at him like what he was last year. Is he's that safe volume play RB one RB one if you went two receivers or that RB two? And I, I just I don't think you're looking at the risk because there is a lot of risk this year that comes to Chris Carson. Now, as we heard, as we all heard with uh, one of our friends' podcast, Corner Sports, the hip injury that he had last year. Which shout out Christian, Paul, and Coogs, but. That hip injury, that's serious stuff. I mean, that is the same injury that Isaiah Thomas had that took him from being literally in contention for MVP in the NBA to barely making rosters. And this isn't the NBA. This is playing running back for an NFL football team. You name me something that you can do that doesn't put more wear and tear on your body outside of like boxing or something like that. It's just... and. 
His playing style doesn't favor that either. This is a guy that in his spare time, I'm pretty sure, likes to just run through brick walls. <laughs> I mean, so I just, I think if you take him, you're going to be very happy for the first six weeks of the year because they do have Rashad Penny on the pub. They do have a rookie in DJ Dallas. They do have Carlos Hyde, which isn't bad, but we know what we're getting with Carlos Hyde. Had a career year last year. Yeah, I, but you know what you're getting with yeah. him. It's about four yards a carry, and it's it's nothing. It's it's decent, but it's nothing to write home about. So I think you're going to be happy, but I think you're going to be let down when you need this player the most, and that's towards the back end of the year. Here's an interesting stat. He's one fumble away, in my opinion, from being even further in the doghouse than he was last year. And Rashad Penny, he's starting on the pup. That doesn't mean he's not going to come back in the middle of the year, which I had him all last year. And I can tell you there was points and times where I was sweating because Rashad Penny turned that into a committee in week 12 and week 13 of last year, right down to the wire towards your fantasy playoffs. Rashad Penny had a 46% snap percentage and then a 47% snap percentage. And he was really eating into that work and he was eating into that work effectively. I just, he's not a good split back. I think he he holds a lot of risk. And there's just, if I'm going to take a risk in that third round, I would much rather go with Chris Con- or, uh, with James Conner. That's somebody that can be an RB1 if he stays healthy. Or somebody like Melvin Gordon. Or somebody like Le'Veon Bell. Or somebody like even David Johnson. There is better risks in that third round. And that's why I have him as a miss. Yeah, for me too, I definitely agree. And my biggest thing, because I had Chris Carson in like all of my leagues last year, I was really high on him, drafted him like pretty early too. But that man fumbles the ball. He can't carry a loaf of bread. He cannot carry the ball. And as soon as they had a decent option in Rashad Penny to get more touches and he came off of the injury, boom, it happened. Pete Carroll is an old school coach. He does not play with giving the ball away. And he won't do it this year. So there's two big factors into him losing a lot of opportunity, fumbling and his injury. Yeah, I'm going to have to honestly agree with you on this. And wow. I know, I know you're surprised by that because I am the Chris Carson owner. I, I think converted I think, you. I think you won, Chris. There's no, there's no converting here. It is the worrisome is there. I mean, it is a guy who fumbles a lot, like you said. It's a guy coming off an injury, like you said. The only positive working for him is he is right now at this moment the RB1 in a run first team like Seattle where they make the most out of their running backs. Uh, with Penny being on the injured list, with him coming off that injury, he's not really going to be – I don't think he's going to be back. Was it – is he on the pup list? Or yeah, is Rashad's he, starting on the pup list. Yeah, so, so he'll be back yeah. by week seven, potentially. Yeah, potentially. But I think he will be back. because His injury happened late last year, but it's still going to be almost a full year. Like I think he's going to come yeah. back – the end of the year. But who's to say DJ Dallas isn't something decent? I mean, Grant, I know he was a late-round capital guy. There's just people there that can cut into it. And if you have him in a dynasty league, I definitely think that he is a dynasty sell because I don't think his value is ever going to be higher than it is right now. He's 25 years old on the last year of his contract. I would be trying to ship him. I'm going to wait until a few weeks into the season when he's putting up RB1 numbers and then somebody's desperate. Then I'm going to sell him. That, but I'm not, I'm not going to do it right now when his value probably at this moment is lower than it would be going into the season. Well, and then from a redraft perspective, if you get him as your RB2 or if you're one of those people that loads up on running backs and you get him as your third running back. I think that's fine. I don't think that's that big of a deal. But if you're taking him in and you're going to rely on him or if you're going to take him as your third running back and you want to wait till like week seven and then sell... I think that's a decent strategy, but like it's like I said, my main point is if I'm going to take a risk like that in the third round, I'm drafting James Conner. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think there are a couple guys going behind him that I would much rather have on my team this year, like a Melvin Gordon, a Todd Gurley, a Le'Veon Bell. I think I'd rather have all those guys compared yes. to him right now. But, you know, it's more of a wait-and-see approach with the Carson. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say miss where he's going right now. Is that a yeah, I'm definitely going to go miss. Consensus and miss. Consensus again. That's a good way to end our hit or miss this week. I hope you guys like that one. And we will be back next week with more hit or miss for you. And dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun. breaking news. Breaking for- news. Yeah. First ever a mid-show breaking news. So LaShawn McCoy has just signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sorry, Dare. This is a, this is a very confusing one. I... I mean, I didn't really see it coming. I thought he would have I ended didn't up see it coming in either. Philly or in Kansas City again. Or, or like back in Philly. Yeah, back in, you said Philly. Yeah, but uh, Tampa Bay in an already crowded running back room where guys like Ronald Jones were going high, where Keyshawn Vaughn going high. This is clearly a Keyshawn Vaughn coronavirus. Coronavirus! Play it again. Coronavirus! <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is huge because it all it does is throw a wrench into that situation and I mean, it kind of makes me want to avoid it. A little bit. I, I still think I would be comfortable taking Ronald Jones at a value, and a, and it's like because because where he's going, it's so late. Like, yeah, I don't have any problems doing that. But like, it definitely, I don't know. Like, like Brady does love his veteran players, yeah, so that that makes that situation such a question mark for me. I'm glad I don't have any shares of that right now, and I really don't see myself. Um, you know, going into like these draft weeks, maybe, but I definitely think that's something I'm going to avoid for now. That's fair. What do you think, Sada? Uh I'm just upset that Dare's uh, stock probably just plummeted, so I yeah. gotta make a move. I know you were the <laughs> you were the Dare Agumbawala truther here. Yeah, so that takes us out of that breaking news. Uh sorry that we had to be the ones to break it to you, boys. Uh, and we are going to move on to we did some polls this week on our Twitter, and we're really glad you guys got involved. We had on the Twitter a hell of a lot of votes, like a lot more than I thought we would have, and you guys answered our questions. So we were talking quarterbacks this week. We're gonna go into our rankings after this, so. Before we asked a few questions, the first one we let off on Monday, I believe, right? Yeah, it was the Monday poll. We decided to ask whether you would want Mahomes or Lamar or neither in the second round of your draft. Uh, The results came in. Mahomes, 51%. Lamar, 16%. And neither at 33%. Chris, how do you feel about that? So I like Mahomes over Lamar, but I'm picking neither. I will not invest that draft capital on a quarterback. I just think, why do that when I can get somebody? And we'll talk about the people that we like in a few minutes here, but I, w- I would say neither. Yeah, for me, I would. I like Mahomes. I think he blows Lamar Jackson out of the water. And I just want to just give a lot of love out to all of our followers who listened to my take and didn't vote Lamar Jackson simply for that take. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to this agree with you, guy. Chris. I'm going to say neither in the second round. I know I took Lamar in our draft earlier this month. That was Dynasty, though. That's different. Yeah. We're talking redraft. But even in Dynasty, I don't know if I would do it again. I think I was just kind of on the spot and like got excited. But I think I would rather have neither. I am the type to like run a quarterback late because they put up such similar numbers to each other that I don't think the value is there for a guy you're going to get him over. But I would go Mahomes over Lamar every day of the week if I had that opportunity. So I agree with where our uh, fans voted on that. Uh, moving on to the second one, we put up the top two picks of the 2016 draft. Yes, 2016 first and second overall, guys. Yes, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. We did this one with the ADP involved where Wentz is going at the 908 and Goff is going at the 1403. 29% said Goff and 71% said Wentz. Uh, Seto, what do you think about this? 
I think it's an easy, easy answer. It's Carson Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz is literally a better quarterback. He is a franchise quarterback. And Jared Goff has shown that he can he can put up some numbers, um, but he's not as efficient. And Carson Wentz has battled a ton of injuries his, his career, and I think this year he'll be able to last it out, and he's going to put up very, very good numbers. Yeah, for me um – this one was actually tougher for me. I would still go Wentz. I do think he's better. I do think he's a little more consistent. And the ninth round is not a bad spot. But, I mean, I can't sit here and pretend like I don't love, which it's actually creeped up a little bit since then. It's today. As of today, it's 13-12. Uh, so it's right there So still. it's right that turn on the 13-14. I love getting Jared Goff in that 14th round, especially if I can make him as my second drafted quarterback because I, I think that he's being underlooked a lot this year. Yeah. McVay knows how to get things done, and, and I'll I just agree. leave it at that because I'm going to talk about him a lot in the next segment. Yeah, I agree with you on there. I actually uh, I decided to go with Goff in this situation because of that like four or five round difference. I only have them statted out for like ten points difference, where I have Wentz better, but ten points is not worth four rounds of draft capital to me. And I would much rather have Goff if I can get a better player in the ninth round, a more yeah, a better I, depth or something. I changed my answer. I'd go Goff. All right. And moving on to third, we have Deshaun Watson versus Russell Wilson, both going in the fourth round, you said? Sixth round. Sixth round. Okay, yes. Sixth round ADP. Uh, Chris, what do you got going there? I got my boy, Deshaun Watson. You're the only one saying that, I think. Yeah, he didn't do too good in that poll. 28% of our fans also agreed with you on Watson, but I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. That's the smart half of our fans. Uh, We'll see about that. Yeah, Russell Wilson. probably all Steelers fans. Elite passer, running upside, no running back. Easy, easy choice, Russell Wilson. And Deshaun Watson just doesn't have any weapons anymore. I mean... We'll talk about this. Yeah, we will talk about that, but I'm going to have to agree with our fans. I would go 70% Russell Wilson. I'm going 100% Russell Wilson in that situation. And to end it off, and I think this is where we'll get a little bit of a debate between the few of us, and that is whether you would take Baker versus Burrow. And uh, I didn't check the results. Do you have the results on that? Well, you also left out a big part of this. In a dynasty, in a dynasty, in a dynasty format, would you rather have Baker or Burrow? Yeah, I have them up right now. We had ninety-eight votes on it, which this was this was surprisingly like the biggest yeah, and most popular. These votes one. came in hot and fast. Yeah, like, I was what? impressed with the way this one. Like this seems like it's a hot topic here, and we actually had some comments on this too. It ended up being sixty-six percent at this moment in time. The poll is actually still open, so if you want, go vote. But it's sixty-six uh, percent Joe Burrow, thirty-four percent Baker Mayfield. I am shocked. I am shocked right now, Why, sitting, sitting here in, in my Baker, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield jersey, jersey <laughs> that a guy who set the record for the most touchdowns by a rookie, who succumbed the worst head coach and play caller in NFL history last year, played so poorly, is going to go behind. Like, he has nothing but upside left, and I just am shocked. You can be shocked because I'm going to agree with our fans on this one. Uh, being a Cleveland Browns fan and being a You homer, are not a Browns fan. You are a Ravens fan first and foremost. I'm a fantasy podcaster first and foremost, so I don't want to hear it. And oh, uh, man. I think shots fired. We know what Baker Mayfield kind of is right now. I don't see him. I don't see him being as bad as he was last year, but I don't see him being super better than he was his rookie year. But either. you know what Joe Burrow is? A question mark. I know exactly. he was he led the most efficient offense in college football history, and I know he was a stud. Yeah, and hey, I know he's got. I how, how good was Tim Tebow in college? How good was Marcus Mariota? How good was Matt Leiner? Quarterback equals bust. Uh, it's so tough. It's hit or miss, and no matter how elite they play in college, it is always a question mark going to the next level. Always, always. Well, but 
I think I'm going to take that gamble on Joe Burrow because he's got the situation for him. He's got a better offensive line than Cincinnati had last year. I, I thought you were going to say in the Browns. I would say I don't agree with that. No, no, no. The Browns definitely have the better offensive line, but you know the Browns scheme is going to be run first and short, don't, like the Kevin Stefanski type of offense where Joe Burrow is going to air the ball out. Yeah, which we're going to talk about. And he's about going that. to be desperate about it. He's got a better check down receiver than uh, Nick Ch- I mean, I mean, obviously Kareem Hunt is different. But if we're yeah, going just like that one back, I would Mixon. rather have Joe Mixon than Nick Chubb catching the ball out of the backfield. I wouldn't. I think Kareem Hunt. I mean, I'm not I'm not taking not Kareem Hunt. away. I'm talking just Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon. Yeah, but I'm comparing Kareem Hunt to Joe Mixon because Kareem Hunt, as of today, is a Cleveland Brown. I don't – I'm just kind of being a dick just to kind of give you, you know, a little, little bit of pushback. I don't think you're wrong for thinking the way you're thinking. For me, I'm going Baker Mayfield, though. I want – so I, I know – what I'm getting in Baker Mayfield. I know, I think I've seen him flash. So I believe that he can be more. And for me, I just, I don't want to take that risk today. I, it's just something I, I would be okay being wrong with, but, but there's Baker absolutely not a, a risk to you. I mean, he's a risk. You but saw they're both what he risks. did last year. That was, but I also saw what he did his rookie year. Yeah. And that wasn't, I mean, obviously he set the record for touchdowns, but he also wasn't the greatest thing ever. You know, we, we drafted him in the top five quarterbacks last year for a reason. And then what was he like? The quarterback twenty, like he was not good. He last was year. terrible last year. I get it. Yeah, but and I don't want to make it's funny because I'm the Steelers fan here making excuses for Browns players, but I don't want to make excuses for the guy. But you name me a player that has a successful season when you have Freddie Kitchens as your head coach. Yeah, I'm not arguing the talent. None. I think Baker is extremely talented. I he's my QB one in my heart. I just don't think the type of offense that they're going to be running out there this year. I don't think he's going to put up the type of points, and I don't think that future holds up the type of points that I think a Joe Burrow in that pretty much college-style offense are going to be running. Fast plays, lots of plays, airing it out. I think Joe Burrow is going to be the better fantasy option moving forward. Well, why don't we uh, just move forward into the quarterback segment here? Because, I mean, I'm sure we're going to have plenty more to talk about this because somebody here, not a little spoiler alert, is uh, very high on a Baker Mayfield. Very high. Much higher than I would ever be in – I'm a homer. I'll give you a clue. It's not me. And it's not me. It's me. So let's, uh, yeah, let's start. I'll with dive that. in. Yeah, dive in. Give, set a, you've been a little quiet, especially in the beginning of this episode. Opted give me out a, of the headlines. Let's talk I'll about your quarterback rankings. All right, so I will get started. We're just going to go over like our top 12 list. We're going to um, hopefully publish these all out for you guys. To You guys can vote on who's the best rankings. And, you know, when I win, just make sure that there's two are both even. So that way, you know, they're not hurt too bad at getting second and third. <laughs> so starting with uh, number one is this NFL season's MVP, Russell Wilson. And I. Uh, <clears throat> oh, sorry about that. So, as I was saying, um, like I talked about a lot earlier, he's my hit for this year. He has the ability as an elite passer. Not many of the elite passers also can run the ball. Pat Mahomes, he can run if he needs to, but he's been banged up. He's not going to run the ball. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, a lot of those guys cannot move. Those are the elite passers in the league. And Russell Wilson is elite. Another year with DK, another year with Lockett, without a running back, this dude is going to put up numbers. Okay, move move forward sorry, here. Sorry, so let's sorry. give us the full 12. Sorry. So, Russell Wilson, number two, Pat Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, the franchise, Baker Mayfield, Ugh. Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Ugh. Aaron Rodgers, 
and Drew Brees I round out my it. top 12. I hate reading that. <laughs> More sad trombones for the boy over here, man. Like, you can't. You can't go bringing that stuff here into this room. Like, I'm going to talk about first thing that pops off of me is Carson Wentz as your QB6. Now, I'm not arguing Carson Wentz as a talented guy. I'm not arguing what he's capable of, but he has no weapons. And while he can be efficient without weapons, he's I don't think he's top six quarterback without weapons. I think weapons. you're wrong to say he has no weapons, especially when we just talked about Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. I think, if, granted, this isn't something that's going to happen, but if Deshaun Jackson stays on the field for 16 games, I mean, Deshaun Jackson's a pretty big threat. We don't know what we have in Jalen Rieger. I don't think he's QB6, but I I see a world where he could be. Yeah. For, for me, I just see that he is definitely going to improve. He's a younger quarterback that's finally going to get into his prime. He's very settled with his offensive line. Jason Peters moving over to guard. That's going to solidify another spot for them. Miles Sanders is elite and at running the ball and can definitely catch the ball out of the backfield. That's going to help him out a lot. He has an elite tight end group. He has Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Rieger. I'm not worried about his weapons at all. I just think that in his division, you know, going against the Cowboys and different teams like that, they're going to be shootouts, and this man is going to light it up. And, like, so... I have him on my list as the QB 11. I think he's a back-end one. I really I like him. I definitely like him at where he's going. The reason I don't think he has that top six appeal, and it sounds, it's going sound, to sound gross, I'm not going to lie, it's because he doesn't have Alshon Jeffrey for the first six weeks of the game. Or the first yeah. six weeks. And I get it. I'm not, I'm not an Alshon Jeffrey truther. I'm not saying you need to get your shares of Alshon Jeffrey. But if you look at what Alshon Jeffrey does for Carson Wentz, it's huge. If you look at the games that he plays when he has Jeffrey compared to when he doesn't, it just it takes a massive hit on his touchdowns because that's what Alshon does. He's basically a tight end playing wide receiver. He just catches touchdowns. So that's the only reason I don't think he can be that top six guy, but I do like him. No, I could see that. And another thing real quick with Carson is I just really like um, you know the whole situation. I don't think his defense is going to be very much improved. Fletcher Cox played out really, really hurt last year. I know they had some additions in their secondary. Well, they needed it because their secondary was a revolving door last year. He's gonna their defense is gonna give up a lot of points, which means they're gonna have to get a lot of points. So I just I really like the upside with Carson. Now I want to move up to a little bit because we skipped somebody that I wanted to talk to. Don't get me wrong, I got plenty of love for the Russ bus, but how do you have Russell Wilson finishing as the QB one? I just I don't see a world where that happens. He's on a team with Pete Carroll whose mindset is to run the football. They just added Jamal Charles. That defense is back or not Jamal, I'm sorry, Jamal Charles. I meant Jamal Adams. That defense is back to being an elite like it could be an elite defense again. I don't see a world where he has the opportunity. I think if he had the opportunity, he absolutely could do it, but I just don't think that happens. I think he does have the opportunity. I think they lean on Russell Wilson more than anything. He is their guy. Like he is, I could see a world where he's the QB one because he is just so efficient and so good. And he's got good weapons around him. You've got Tyler Lockie, you got DK Metcalf, you got DJ Moore. As I stare intimately into your eyes. DJ when I say Moore. That. They don't have DJ Moore. They have David Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't really think has fantasy relevance. I just they got Jamal to Charles too. <laughs> I'm at it again. <laughs> 
I think there is a world where Russell Wilson can be the QB one. I have him as my QB three right now, so I'm not too far off on you from him. So I can definitely see it. I have him at five. I, I definitely think he's a top five guy. I just don't see a world where he finishes as the QB one. The only way I see that is if he was able, if they just handed him the keys to the car and said, sling away. And but why that, wouldn't they after just giving him all that money? He is the Seattle Seahawks. They don't have a run game. Ever since Marshawn Lynch has been what gone. What do you mean they don't have a run game? They're one of the top running teams. Yeah, when Chris Carson was healthy and not fumbling the ball. Like, well, that doesn't matter who's in there. It really Whoever's doesn't matter who's for running for Seattle. They're valuable. Yeah. I, I think it definitely matters mostly on the opportunity and how many times you're going to give those guys the ball. If LaShawn McCoy signed to Seattle, I think he'd be more relevant than we're giving him credit to be right now. Yeah. Like, I, It doesn't matter who's in that backfield. My reasoning and why he's not going to get the opportunity is simply because he doesn't need to. They have an elite defense. They have a great coach. They have they don't need to score 40 points to win games. They can do it with 21. Yeah, now, let me ask you a question real quick. Wilson. Let me ask you a question real quick. Does did the Jets last year have an elite defense? No. So, what makes you think that a sorry defense like the Seattle Seahawks who adds Jamal Adams makes them elite? They were not good last year. Many of the games that they won were shootouts, and Jamal Adams is a great safety. He is probably the best safety in the league, but you know what that's going to be is giving him the ball back. He's not going to be able to play all 11 positions. They're going to get torched certain spots, but he will get those turnovers to give the ball right back to Russ. I still think that defense, that that defense... Is still a lot better than the Jets defense. Yeah. Like it's not Jamal Char or Jamal Adams going to why do we keep saying Charles? Going to Seattle is bigger than him in New York. Plus Adam Gase isn't a head coach. Yeah, that's the big difference. Right so there. I don't I mean it's it's I don't it's we don't have to spend too much time on it because I definitely agree that he's a top five guy. I just don't think he's number one. Yeah. Russ Wilson's going to cook this year. MVP, heard it here first. No, we already went over the Baker Mayfield and how well, you have him at eight right now. You, we went over him in that poll. And you wanted to come at us because I have him at, yeah, at, I'm, at 19 and Ryan has him at 17. 17. Yeah, I am very, like, I'm, like, disrespected by how low you have this man. This man is going to be so much more efficient this year. Baker Mayfield is the franchise. I don't know how many times I got to say it, but this dude set the rookie record for touchdowns, and he threw so many interceptions last year. And half of them hit his receivers right in the hands, and they swatted it up in the air. Those interceptions are guaranteed to go down. He is going to be way more efficient. Odell's healthy. Jarvis is healthy. He has Jarvis the best. Is not Jarvis healthy. is not healthy. He's I don't going know if to sell the note today. He might miss the first like few games. Yeah, that's that why hips, I'm that hips, So he so, so he has the guy that he wanted to come sign Richard Higgins back. They have the best receiver, best duo receivers, best duo running back, and in a, in a very very good they tight end not. room. As duo receivers. I'll take Julio and Calvin Ridley over that any day. It's debatable though. I think uh, Odell and Jarvis talent wise. I mean, that's that's off of Odell over the last like two three years. Odell is still a top five receiving talent. I know he hasn't yeah. produced to it, but he has that ability. If he comes out yeah. and plays like Odell Beckham in an offense as efficient as Kevin Stavansky runs, this dude is going to set the league on fire, just like everyone thought last year. Like I get it, he didn't play good, but that doesn't mean he's not good. Like, yeah. he is a good quarterback. Ryan, do you have points on this? Because I do, but I'll let you go first. Uh, my points are really just I don't see the volume of work being there for him. I think, you know, being the run first team that they probably will be. That's I don't I'm think going to. I'm not arguing the talent around him. I'm not arguing the talent of Baker. I mean, he was, like, coming into the league, like, I don't remember what his ranking was on PFF, but he was, like, the most efficient college quarterback to come out out of the past few years. Like, he was – there's no denying the talent that Baker has. It's just I need to see it translate – 
in real life before I start riding onto that yeah. top 10 quarterback in fantasy. Yeah. Ways. And like I have him at 19, but it's, it's just because I, I expect, so here's the reasons why I expect Safansky to be a run first team, because if you look at the past, Coaches have not had a long history of keeping their job in Cleveland, and I'm sure Stefanski wants to keep his job, so he's not going to do... And on top of that, they also don't want to stress Baker out because they want to keep him as their franchise quarterback. They don't... I mean, the, the Cleveland Browns don't want to whiff again on a first overall pick. So Definitely. I think they're going to lighten his load. I think they're going to spread it around, and they're not going to make it as much on his shoulders because they don't need to. They have elite players like Odell Beckham. They have two of the top five running backs. And then my main thing, I I think that Baker can be a very good fantasy asset, but I'm not willing to invest any top any top like ADP, any top picks on a Browns quarterback until they prove me wrong. Yeah, I'm it, just going to be wrong until I finally see them do it. I'm definitely taking the wait and see that, approach. With that, them, that's so. fair. You guys look inside. I'm staring all outside of the box and I see the potential. And yes, he, he may finish at number 12, number 13 in overall points because of his usage, but he very easily could bump up to those elite passers like Deshaun Watson and all those guys. All right, one more thing I do want to bring up about your rankings is uh, you have Lamar Jackson at ninth. I know we've argued over Lamar, like especially last week and especially in all of our chats and stuff and how low you are on him. But to have Lamar Jackson as your QB nine, I need you to explain yourself right now. Okay, I will start first and foremost. He's not that good. It's plain and simple. In the playoffs, he gets shut down. In a lot of the seasons when they were behind, he was terrible. I mean, you guys heard all my points last week. He cannot move the ball down the field. He's a one-dimensional thrower. As a dual-threat quarterback, he definitely has a ceiling or a floor with his running upside. That's why he's as high as he is. There's no chance he gets back up to 35 touchdowns again. That's not going to happen. And I just definitely think that he's, there's going to be so much regression there that that's why he falls. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. A uh, guy who had 1,200 yards on the ground last year as a quarterback who put up RB1 numbers as a quarterback while leading the league in touchdown passes. I, I agree with you. I do not see him putting up 36 passing touchdowns again. I mean, I have him stated out for 1,100 rushing yards. I have him stated out for less than that. I, I have him stated out for 1,000 and seven touchdowns on the ground. I have him stated out for 24 touchdowns in the air. Like, I'm not projecting. So where is where is his interceptions at? Do you think he's just not going to throw picks? No, I'm, uh, I have him for 11. I have him for roughly around there, too, I believe. So I, I just don't understand this. Like, I have him for 1,100 yards, and he's going to be an elite runner like he is. I have 10 touchdowns or 10 interceptions for him. Yeah. 26 I, I, touchdowns. Yeah, twenty. I got him at 23 and 12 with TD and interceptions. I just He's going to take a huge drop-off. Like, I, I've said it multiple times. He can. He's a one-dimensional thrower. Yeah, but a huge drop-off for a guy putting up those numbers is still QB1. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree. I got, him, I got him lower than most people do. I have him at four, but I still think he's an elite top. I mean, the play action is going to open up the passing game so much for him. And I'm a little bit different than most people. I think that teams are going to game script on the run against him, and he's going to be forced to improve as a passer. And he's coming into his third year. He's got a good coaching staff. He's got – I mean, Harborough took Joe Flacco and made him relevant. I mean, he actually does a decent job with quarterbacks. So I think that he is going to improve – as a passer slightly. I don't have him improve. I don't have him like taking a major leap. I still had him at, um, I think he's going to bring up his completion percentage to like a 64% just because I think it's a little bit of a low volume. And that pat, like I said, that play action opens things up, but there's no way I'm putting him outside of the top six with that rushing upside. Yeah. I just, I, I can't see it either. So I just think he's just a great runner. 
I do think he takes a drop. He is a very, very, very below average passer. Hey, that's fine. All right. I'm not worried about his passing. I'm worried I mean, about I'm not his points anyway. output. Yeah, no, no, round. that's fine. Chris, right. you want to give yeah. us your ranks? Yeah, give us uh, your stuff, Chris. Okay, so with my QB1, I got the $4 million man, or the $400 million $500 man. $500 million. Whatever. Man. Half He's a the billion owner. dollar man. He owns half of a baseball team now. I don't know about half, but he owns a he owns a part of the Kansas City Royals. Correct? Yeah, he does. But Patrick Mahomes. Behind Patrick Mahomes, I got the Dak attack, Dak Prescott. And then I got my bold take. Deshaun Watson finishing at number three. Then we got Lamar Jackson. Then we got the Russ bus, Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray's going to come in at six. We got Josh Allen coming in at seventh. Aaron Rodgers in for a bounce back year at eight. Drew Brees at nine. Matthew Stafford at 10. Carson Wentz at 11. And then here's another bold one. We got Ryan Tannenhill rounding out the QB ones at 12. No, I like your rankings well, a lot, Chris. He doesn't get the boo sound when he says Ryan Tannehill at 12, and no, I do when I say Baker. What? Uh, Ryan Tannehill's crazy efficient. Baker Mayfield is crazy for, inefficient. So, so since Ryan Tannehill was crazy efficient for like seven games of his 12, whole career, twelve. No, he's been efficient the, his entire career. If he, he was, has been efficient, if he was so if efficient, his, like, metrics. He was. He's dude. I watch football, and if you watch that man play, he is bad. He played on a very bad Miami Dolphins. I read team. numbers, and if you read like how bad he was in those Miami teams, hey, he was efficient. I have an amazing counterpoint for this. Is Jameis Winston a good quarterback? No. Is Jameis, but was Jameis Winston a good fantasy quarterback? No, because he was he, the QB3. He had so many interceptions. <laughs> that doesn't matter. That that's only two you. points. He, he doesn't, you don't lose that. And that's the thing. Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw that many picks. Exactly. And I, he has a decent rushing. Like, with the way he runs, in, uh, he had four touchdowns in like 200 yards last he year. He does have the rushing upside. And that's what I think small it is. rushing upside. I, and I dropped. I, I agree. I don't think he's going to hold a 70% completion rating, but. It's similar to what I was just talking about with uh, Lamar Jackson. The play action opens this guy up, and anytime they get into that red zone, first of all, they don't even like to kick field goals, let alone, you know, they don't bring that kicker on the field. <laughs> yeah, you tell Vrabel to kick a field <laughs> He's goal. He's going to kick your ass. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I just, for me, I think the reason why I put Tannehill at 12 is because I believe he's going to have a lot of high touchdown upside. I, I think that, where did I have him on touchdowns? I know I had him up for a decent amount. He had, let me take a look here. He, I have him for 28 touchdowns, and I think that's something he can do. I think it's... Um, yeah, in a full 16-game season, I can yeah. see it, for sure. And he had 22 last year and 12. Well, because they're gonna he's going to be facing stacked boxes, and he has... I mean, I like Darrelton Evans coming in to catch passes out of the backfield. I just told you guys how much I like A.J. Brown. I think Corey Davis can go elsewhere, but he's a decent number two receiver, I guess. Yeah, you never I, know with Corey Davis, but, I mean, there's a reason he was a top ten pick in the draft. Like, yeah. maybe he bounces And I back. like Jonu Smith, too, and I think this is a team. Vrabel's a good coach. I think they're going to find a way to utilize him. I think it's not going to be – I don't think it's going to be like last year where you're getting – he's like the QB1, but I do think he's going to hold value, and I think he's an excellent sleeper pick. In a division that is in pretty much shambles right that now. That was one of my big with points. With the Colts being a big question mark, the well, – Texans getting rid of all of their talent and the Jaguars being the Jaguars. I mean, for me, I just see the Titans as one of those classic teams that have a good run into the playoffs. And then after that, they go back to where they belong, back to normal. They fall off the cliff, and that's where Ryan Tannehill is going to be. He's going to be a mediocre quarterback, and he's not going to be as efficient. But they have four games against Jacksonville and Houston. They have four total games between those two teams, and those are arguably two of the like bottom of the barrel. Yes, like, and I think the Colts have a sneaky, really good defense, but and a very good 
potent possible offense. Jacksonville's so bad. Yeah. And Houston, the second J.J. Watt gets hurt like he always does, they are also yeah. so bad. But I, I, that's, you know, I could see the point. It, it's definitely a bold take. It's a risk. So. Now, yeah, he'll definitely not finish in the top 12. One guaranteed. thing I want to point out about your rankings that I kind of disagreed with, Chris, you have Deshaun Watson at number three, and that's I do going back into what we were just saying where, you know, that's a garbage team with no talent around him. I mean, I, I'm not denying the talent that is Deshaun Watson. If DeAndre Hopkins was still there, if they had a really good tight end or something or anything, I'd be up there with you. But I just cannot see him being as the three overall. What what makes you think he can be that good? It's definitely a bold take. I can definitely agree with that. I don't have him beating out by Lamar by much. It's literally by less than a point. But for me, it's just Watson, the player. This dude is a beast. I remember watching him last year come back against the New England Patriots, and I was just like, yeah. oh, because I had a lot of shares of him, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this guy can play. I think he's, he's a baller. He is a baller. Yeah, and if you put him, I think if you put him on a different team like the Cowboys or the Colts with that line, I think he's, he's potentially the best QB in yeah. the league. But with that but, gar- garbage offensive line they have And there. that's one of my points, though, is I think that if it was any other quarter, if we're talking like Ryan Tannenhill, I agree. If we're talking like... Prescott, if we're talking somebody like somebody that's not mobile, like, like a or Carson as mobile. Wentz or yeah. like a but golf. this guy can extend the plays. Like Deshaun Watson knows how to make a play longer than it should be. I my big concern for him is honestly injury over anything, but I'm not gonna factor that into my statistics here when I'm statting out players. He can extend a play. I think David Johnson is gonna help him in the pass game. I don't know how much David they don't have much of a run game because of that line. And I don't think David Johnson's gonna give them much of a run game, but I do think David Johnson we saw last year, a lot of people are hating on him, but he still has it in the pass game. He's still a good receiving back. They do have decent options. It's definitely one of the worst receiving cores in the league, but like Randall Cobb's not a terrible option. Can Will I interest Fuller? you in Will Fuller? Uh, what? Uh, well, I, I was can, just going to say, can Will I give Fuller. him my collarbone? Because that's the only way <laughs> I don't want him. I don't think your collarbone's going to help him. I don't I mean, know. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and argue injuries with a guy who drafted Chris Carson, dude. Like, I, like, Will Fuller is a great receiver when he's on the field. He'll get you 20 points. And, and then disappear for 10 weeks. Because he's hurt. He's never he's missed hurt. 10 weeks except for one season. For me, though, with Deshaun Watson at number three... It's all about opportunity. They play with, he's one of the worst defenses. I, he's going to have to do a lot to make that team relevant. And he, Deshaun Watson's a selfish player. He cares about his statistics. And at the same time, Bill O'Brien's fighting for his job. He's going to do, like, he's going to keep him slinging the ball. I don't think their options are as bad as people are putting them out to be. I mean, it's definitely not ideal. I do like Will Fuller, though. But it's all about opportunity for me. All right. I can, I can respect the argument. Plus, I think he's going to use his legs more. Yeah, and plus his defense is bad, so he kind of falls into that Matt Ryan category of me where he's going to have, like, a lot of shootout games. I definitely think three's bold. I agree with that. Speaking of Matt Ryan, that was another thing I wanted to bring up real quick. Chris, I know you didn't say it because you didn't get down that far in your rankings. He's not in the top 12. Matt Ryan as your QB 16. I feel like that should be the biggest debate of all of these quarterback arguments we're making here other than his Baker at eight spot. How do you have Matt Ryan at QB 16? I wanted to know how you just made the point you made without hitting one of the womp buttons or something. <laughs> I'll make it extra loud for that because that that kind of like made me mad when I saw so it. So for me, this is one that I definitely could be wrong on. I think that, I mean, Matt Ryan does historically be up there. My, my issue with Matt Ryan, I don't want him because he's not, he's one of those guys, there's players in fantasy 
that finish in the top 12 and finishes a one at their position, but they don't actually help your team. Cause when you look at the consistency and I looked at his consistency earlier from last year and he's just all over the place. One week he's great. The next week he's really bad. Then he's okay. Then he's really, really bad. Then he's really bad again. Then he's amazing. And then he's really bad. And I looked back to the 2016 Atlanta team. Um, this team has Dan Quinn. This is another coach that's in the hot seat. He's been in the hot seat for quite some time now. And um, in that year that they won on that Super Bowl run, they utilized Devonta Freeman. They had a 1,000-yard running back. I just think they brought in Todd Gurley for a reason. I think this is a team that's going to try to run the ball more. So could Matt Ryan finish up in that top 12? He absolutely could do it. It's just not something I really want to put a lot of. I don't want to take a shot on that. Oh, is that a, any Yeah, Matt, Matt Ryan has the best two receivers in the league. Their defense is atrocious, and this man is going to put up numbers. And they play in a dome. Well, the defense is better than people give it credit for. It just gets hurt a lot. Yeah, but I could also, you know, they're going to be playing from behind a lot. That division's pretty... Shootout, uh, shootout, shootout, shootout. Pretty iffy, you know, other than Carolina kind of being a big question mark and Tampa Bay being like a positive question mark. It's definitely one I could be wrong on. Yeah, it's definitely one I definitely think you're wrong on. Uh, And anything else on your... On Chris's ranking set of that you? No, Ryan, give us yours. All right. For my top 12, I have Lamar Jackson at number one. Ravens fan. Yeah, frig off. Uh, I pretty much have him within one point of uh, Pat Mahomes as one or two, so they're interchangeable. Pat Mahomes is my two. Russell Wilson is my three. Dak at four. Josh Allen at five. I know I'm much higher than him. Yeah, give that a bomb here. I'll play this for you guys. No, don't do that. That's my dynasty quarterback. I hope you're right. Well, you better hope I'm right, and I better hope I'm right because Josh Allen – We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I got Deshaun Watson at 6, Kyler Murray at 7, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan going 8, 9, 10. Ryan Tannehill is my 11th, and Matt Stafford is my 12th. Uh, who's got a bone to pick with me? All right, I'll start it off. I am so, like, astounded with the Josh Allen hype around, you know, the fantasy Twitter, with you two, with everything going on. Did any of you guys... Like, are you guys just looking at his stats, or did you watch him play at all? It's because bold. that dude could not hit the broadside of a barn. He was so bad accuracy-wise. Like, that dude would throw it over his receivers' heads so often, and the only thing that that man has is a little bit of running upside. A it's little a lot bit more running. than a yeah, little bit. I don't know what you mean a little bit. A guy who has 500 and 600 in his, like, yards-wise his first two years, eight touchdowns and nine touchdowns his first two years. Those are running back numbers, like... Those are big helps to a guy who I really don't think can get worse as a passer, can only get better. They've added, you know, Stephon Diggs, you know, to hopefully help. While I agree his accuracy is atrocious, he doesn't put up the passing touchdowns or the yards that you want out of a guy who can throw the ball 9,000 yards in one throw. I just, I think that rushing floor really puts him at a higher advantage than some of those other guys I've got him above. So so his rushing floor puts him higher than Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray. Yes. I think I, that that just is ba- it baffles me I think because just, those we, two are both way better passers and way better runners. Um, I mean, we'll see about that. No, they're definitely Ky- better passers. Yeah, definitely better passers. And Kyler Murray, I'll definitely say, is a better runner. But Kyler, I don't know Ky- about that. Though. Kyler Murray is a big question mark. You know, because he doesn't run as much. He doesn't, but when he does, he can. And he's uh, I don't, and like Seta, you have him at fifteen. I think that's gross. I don't. I mean, this. His rushing floor alone will keep him in the back end of the QB ones, in my opinion. Yeah. I see. Honestly, the the weird thing about my Josh Allen take is, I think that the Bills are very, very sneaky good. 
very good. And I think that they're going to be up in a lot of the games. They're in a very sorry division. And I think that they're going to be running heavy with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. And I don't think he's going to have enough like plays to throw the ball down the field a lot. No, but you know who runs the ball inside the five-yard line? Josh Allen. Yeah, he does. He does. He gets their rushing touchdowns. I have him down for eight rushing touchdowns. I have him for seven, and he's my QB five. Yeah, I think I have him for seven, too. But I just don't see him having... I also... Like, to be in the top five, even to be a top 12, like, you either have to be an elite passer or an above-average passer with elite running upside. Like, you're a dual threat. And I don't see him as an elite passer, and as a strictly dual threat, I don't don't see it. Yeah, I don't don't think he's going to be a top five guy, but I do think he's going to take... I do think we're going to see a little bit of a leap in his past game this yeah. year. When you add somebody like Diggs, granted, I'm not crazy about Diggs, but Diggs is a better wide receiver than he's had in the past. I do think we're going to see that improve. He's got a decent coaching t- staff around him. It's He's coming into his third year. That he's division kinda, is theirs for the taking. Yes, like ben, and, yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's definitely a spot where I wasn't comfortable when I first did it, but as I started reading more into it, I'm like, okay, I can, I can actually yeah, see. A I have spot him at where, seven. Yeah, I can definitely see a position where he gets that same rushing floor he's always had, and where he maybe goes up to a 63% completion percentage and throws for 3,500 yards and 25 touchdowns, and that'll put him up there in that range. I just, I can't believe that you guys have like guys like Aaron Rodgers below him, the, like Aaron the rushing Rogers, floor. Aaron Rodgers had a terrible season last year and still threw over 4,000 yards. Yeah. See, that's one like, that I definitely – I can actually – because I have Aaron Rodgers right behind him, and I only have Aaron Rodgers scoring three less points than him. I, I think there is a world that Aaron Rodgers could take over that number Well, of course there's spot. a world. There's a world where Aaron Rodgers throws 50 touchdowns to Devontae Adams. But I wouldn't go that far. It's I mean – Devont- you're telling me Devontae Adams has 50 reception touchdowns in well, one I season? mean, they don't have anyone else since Funch has stopped it out, but we'll talk about that Again, another about day. Alan Lazard. <laughs> So uh, anyone else got any problems with my list that I read off to you? I'm not going off. I, I don't have too many problems with your top 12. but I Yeah, just, we talked about Tannehill already for me. So I want to bring up somebody here because all three of us have this guy around the same exact spot. So I actually agree with you rankings-wise, but it's just something I want to highlight, which is funny because, you know, I'm the Steelers fan of this group. <laughs> yeah. Are any of you concerned about Ben Roethlisberger this year? And I just want to point out some facts as to why you might want to be. This is, Do you mean concerned like concerned in a positive way? Like I think I'm too low on him? No. Or concerned like I think, oh, shoot, I should I think, not have him there? Yes. I think that there's a there's a world, and granted, there's also a world that I'm wrong. I ranked him at 15, the same spot you did, instead of put him at 14. And I definitely, I, I put him there. But I just want to, I've been diving a little deep into this, and here's just an interesting fact that I want to throw out there, especially for people that are taking him at the end of their drafts, because it's just something you should be aware of. The last time the Steelers had a dominant defense like they do. I went back and I looked at their 2008 season. He only had 469 attempts for 3,301 yards and 17 touchdowns. How many games was that? That was in a full 16. That was a full 16 They for went 12-4 and four that year. Now, granted, I'm not going to sit here and say that the defense they have right now with T.J. Watt and Fitzpatrick and Bud Dupree and Devin Bush is on the same level of when they had like Troy Polamalu, James Harrison, Lamar Woodley, and that whole group. But it is still one of the top defenses in the league. And I know that this team's goal is to give Roethlisberger a Super Bowl to end his career. So it's just something I want to point out. I know that they, you could argue they had stronger running backs back then, but at the same time, if James Conner stays healthy, he's a good running back. He's proven he can be a running back one. And they did just take an explosive Tony Mack, Anthony McFarlane Jr., 
in the fourth round. So it's just something to be aware of. For me, Big Ben's falls into that vet category who's just an elite passer, you know, and he'll get it done. If he his biggest thing and the reason why he's as low as he is for me is his injury. And if he can stay healthy for a full sixteen, I think he'll play above fourteen. Yeah, I think where uh, I got him ranked. I agree with you there. I think uh, you know, obviously I try not to play injury into my like projections. You know, I project everyone for a sixteen game season. Yeah, injury wasn't my concern on this. But it was just the, the team motive. I think the division's definitely a lot tougher than it was back then in 08. Yes. Uh, you know, the Ravens are right now at But the, the Ravens moment, were a good team back then too. They were good, but they weren't the powerhouse and so they was are Cincy. now. Browns are on the rise, you know, even though people are kind of writing them off because of the down year they had last year, but you can't deny the paper talent is there and they are on the rise. Uh the Bengals they can only get better. You really can't get much worse than what they've done the past few years. So I don't see them taking it as light as they do did in 08 for Roethlisberger. I think he will still be the type of guy who can go out there, throw 30-something touchdowns and, you know, be the safe guy that he is. And especially his home road splits are crazy wild in his career. And his home games are going to be popping. Yeah, I think he's gotten over the home road split. It's not something I want to spend a lot of time on. It's just something I yeah, wanted to that's highlight. More of a is week there anybody that somebody, you know, if you're concerned with? Uh, but I'm going to have to agree. I think, you know, we do all have him in that same spot because I think, you know, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. If he's on the field, he's going to be putting up fantasy points, and I, I like it. So uh, anything else on these rankings, boys? Uh, I'm just so baffled about the Josh Allen love. Yeah, well, we can argue about that with the fans when they start getting involved. We are going to have our rankings put out with you with this episode so you can vote along and think who you think is the better uh analysis here on the show and with that that wraps up our show for today boys so uh thank you to everyone who listened again i really can't say how much we appreciate it we did a lot more than we thought we were going to on our first episode and it's great to have the support that we've had it's great to get the feedback and the comments on all of our polls and all of our things that we put on twitter and pictures on instagram it's it's been a, a lot of fun and i'm excited to keep going this with you guys uh Anything you guys want to say to Captain? Yeah, I just, w- I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Mr. Grant Fasaki. Always uh, replying to all the tweets and showing me love. Shout out, Grant. Love you, man. Yeah, I don't got much. Everyone have a good night. <laughs> all right, and guys. see you later. Hit stick this week, and we look forward to seeing you guys back here next Friday, where we're going to break down some dynasty drafts. Some dynasty drafts. So, uh, take it easy. Thank you again, and hit us up. We'll see you guys next week. Love you guys. Ryan's team is a dynasty cell. Frig all, y'all.